Good morning. Welcome. All of you, come on in. Have a seat. It is so good to be here to worship our great and powerful and awesome God together as a church family. I am so glad that you are all here. 
As you're getting, getting seated, I'd like you to just look in that handout that you got. There is a connection card. This is a wonderful way for us all to stay connected. If uh, you're visiting with us your first time, go ahead and fill that out. You can put that in the offering plate a little later. Also, if any of your information, if you're a regular attender here and your information has changed, please note that on the connection card. And if there's anything that we can be praying about for you, we would love to do that. And you can write that prayer request right there on the back of that card and place that in the offering plate a little uh, later on in the service. But we, want, we have had, as you can tell, we have had a wonderful week of VBS. And thank you so much to everyone who was involved and thank you so much for all of you who prayed for our VBS. We had a wonderful week. And thank you most of all to our children's director, Tracy. Miss Tracy, she did an incredible job. And I am going to invite her up here right now. Let's all just give her a big hand to say thank you for what you have done this week. Come on up. And we have some wonderful music, wonderful songs for you.
single person here who helped, who stepped up. It was really amazing. We had a total of 35 kids, and we also had a total of 25 volunteers. I guess five is a great number. So, so we had 35 and 25, and we had so much fun, but nothing I can say can really let you know how the week went better than showing you. So I put together a PowerPoint, and we'll just watch this. Thank you again.
Nothing like seeing a bunch of kids having fun, learning about Jesus, and being loved on. And you guys have done a great job of that this year. And Tracy's first VBS is our new children's director. She did a fantastic job. Thank you again to her. We've got a few extra things to do this morning before we get to worship and hearing the word. I'm going to invite Bernie Vale to come up. She's going to represent the board. And uh, we've got a congregational meeting next Sunday right after service. We're going to take up the issue of a church name for uh, this church family. And uh, Bernie's going to give you just a little bit more than perhaps you got in that letter we hope you got this week. If you didn't get that letter, I've got extra copies back there on that table. Uh, She's going to give the reasons for this church name recommendation from your board that you'll vote on next week. Thank you. It's awesome to see so many young people today. The energy in here is really cool. Um, So as a board, what we have evaluated is there's lots of inconsistencies with the name of our church. Um, We've got two conflicting signs out front. One is Church of the Nazarene and one is Woodland Life Center. And it's created confusion in the community. What we didn't want to do is spring another change on everyone. We're not wanting to change anything for the sake of changing things. That is the least of our desires. But we are trying to um, be consistent, go with something that we can really promote. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like in the last three or four months we've made huge strides in... Um, preparing for our new pastor. So um, we are a Nazarene church. Um, We were the Woodland Park Church of the Nazarene for many, many years, and then that got changed to Woodland Life Center, which is actually very easy to promote WLC, but people in the community didn't know that we were even a church, so that didn't work out very well. Um, Then we changed it to Woodland Life Center, and um, that's working okay, but again, there's signage, there's um, promotions that are inconsistent. Um, In my business, marketing is really important, and what people really gravitate to the most is consistency. So that's what we're trying to do. Um, The bottom line is, this is a building, this is a, a meeting place, this is a piece of ground where we all meet. We've got signs, etc., but we are the church. And if we let our light shine in our workplace, in our homes, in our community, 
on the basketball court, wherever it is that you spend your time, people want to know what's different about you, and they, they want something that you have. So we're the church, and if we let our light shine, it doesn't matter what building, what name. Um, so I, I hope you all feel the same way. The bottom line is we're having a vote next Sunday, right after the service. Everyone can vote, not just members. So please vote, and um, we, will, we will go from there. But you have a say, and all the, or the board members, who is here from the board today? Raise your hand. So we've got Jane King, Cliff, Scott Myers here? Okay. So Cliff and Jane and I will be out in the foyer um, after the service, and if you have questions, comments, concerns, um, what have you, we'd be happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Bernie. Let's give her a hand for being willing to get up here and do that. And I think she makes a great point. At the end of the day, we make a name for ourselves in the community by our service and love and presence here. More importantly, we uh, glorify the name of Jesus in the lives that we live. But a name is important. We need to settle that and uh, bring everything in line with that. Uh, Woodland Park Church of the Nazarene tells us where we are and who we are. I think that sounds pretty good. But next week, uh, let's uh, have that congregational meeting, take that vote. And we'll move on from there. Thank you so much, uh, Bernie, for that. If you're from Sparta, Michigan, by chance, just by chance, could you stand? Well, look at that. Who would have guessed? We welcome these folks from uh, the great state of Michigan. Now I'm from Ohio. But we let you come in anyway. Actually, I think I'm outnumbered, so I better be quiet. Anyway, these guys are in from Sparta, Michigan, doing some work up at Golden Bell, and I'm hearing they're just doing a bang-up job. Thank you for that. And John and Sandy Cunningham are retired missionaries. you got a little bio in your Sunday morning handout this morning. John's going to speak to us. We just uh, look forward to our lunch together today, and uh, just uh, great to have you here and in Colorado working with us. This lunch after the service, by the way, is provided by a Christian financial services organization. If you want to know what that organization is, look on the back of my T-shirt or anyone else that's wearing these T-shirts. But we wore these today especially because we like the message on the front, live generously. And uh, that wouldn't be a bad theme for this morning. Uh, but we look forward to that lunch. If you would like to join us Here's the criteria. Uh, you want to be a part of a uh, revitalized Nazarene Mission International Council or team here at WLC uh, to lead the way in uh, bringing us back to uh, what's going on in Nazarene Missions around the world. We've got room for a few more. So if you'd like to do that, join us for lunch, see me. Okay? I think that's it. Have I remembered everything? Let's stand together now, whether you're from Sparta, Michigan, or wherever, and greet each other in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's great to have you here. Stay on your feet. We're going to sing and praise God this morning in song.
Well, it is good to see everybody having a good time this morning. We're going to start worship. Hey, kids, back at those tables, can you hear me? Can you wave your hands if you hear me? Come on up here. We're going to sing the songs that Miss Tracy's been doing with you. And we're going to, I need you guys to help me lead worship. Can you come on up? Come on up. You know them. Come on, kids. We're going to have the kids help us lead worship this morning. So we're excited about that. Yeah, you guys can come up here, up here with us or on the floor, anywhere you want to go. So two things so you guys know. Um, I wanted to make sure that everybody was aware we have a brand new sweet addition to our church from Jordan and Danielle Smith. They have a brand new baby named Henry. He's almost a month old. So we're excited about that. And I got to see him up close, and he's beautiful. He's just heavenly sent and heavenly made. So we're excited about that. And the other thing, see this guy here? He's 10 today. Yay! Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Jacob is 10 years old. Watch out, world. Here we go. So we're going to, you guys are going to help me, right? You're going to sing these songs with me? You know them, right? All right. We're going to sing then. You guys help me. Lead people into worship with Jesus, okay? All right. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind? It was my dream Till I met you I was breathing but not alive All my failures I tried to hide Till I met you Ready. You call my name
Praise Jesus, huh? Isn't it awesome to see the future of our church right here, right? And we want to raise them up to be worshipers and prayer warriors and people that love God and seek his word. So pray over these faces because I know they'll stay in your your minds all week because they're so cute. So just pray and pray and pray over these guys because they're the hope and the future of the church. So I'm excited about that. You guys ready for one more? You like goodness of God? You sing your heart out to Jesus, okay? It's okay. And I'm glad to have your help. Here we go.
Lord Jesus, thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for always being here with us. Lord, I thank you for these children on this stage and the ones that aren't on this stage yet. Lord, I pray that you will just bury yourself in their hearts. I pray, Jesus, they will grow up to be mighty men and women that serve you, that pray hard for your kingdom and for people to come to it. And Lord, I pray that you will protect them. I pray, Jesus, that they will have joy in their life because they live for you and because you are right there with them. And they know from this week that you will never leave them, that you stick to them. And Lord, we're grateful for that. So we pray that they will always remember that truth, that it will never be snatched away from them through circumstances, that they will know you are with them. And I pray that for every person in this room, Jesus, that may not have had the chance to go to VBS or that may have forgotten those seeds that were planted in them when they were little. Lord, let them remember those things. Let them remember your truth. And I pray that you will start growing it up. I pray for a huge harvest. And I pray for fruit to come from that. Lord Jesus, we love you. This morning is for you. We've done all the planning we can. We've decorated. We've sung. But Lord, I just pray that we lay our hearts on the altar for you now. That you can take them. And that you can put what it is that you want in there. And that we will respond to you. So Holy Spirit, come fill this room. Sit in each chair and hold each person. We love you and we need you, Lord. So we thank you. Jesus, we love you. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Thanks, you guys. Good job. Thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Praise be to His name. Amen. Well, thank you. Good to be together, to sing praises, to pray. Grateful for the opportunity. Before John comes to speak, we're going to take our morning tithes and offerings. We're going to ask our ushers to come. And as we uh, give our offering, we're going to watch a quick video that will provide a good introduction to what John wants to share with us today. And I pray that we have ears to hear uh, from him and from God today and hearts open to what God wants to do in us here in these few minutes we have together. God bless you as you give. Just imagine five and a half billion lost people, mothers, fathers, and precious children. You are seeing five faces every second. If you were to stare at these faces every second of every minute of every day without blinking, it would take 35 years to see all of the lost people in the world. If you include the hundreds of millions more that would have been born during that time, it would take even longer. Now slow this down to the rate of one face per second, just long enough for you to say Jesus to each one. It would take more than 175 years. 
There we go. That's a lot of faces, and uh, that's a lot of years to be able to tell people about Jesus. And we have the opportunity, the privilege, to be able to tell them right now, wherever we are and wherever we go around the world, about how wonderful Jesus is and the difference that he has made in our lives and how we can share that good news to the whole world. It's such a privilege we have to be the children of God. I loved hearing the songs this morning that we sang. I'm still trying to catch my breath. A couple of songs sang, with every breath I have, you know, Sparta is about 700 feet above in the elevation. This is like, what, I don't know, 10, 20,000 feet up in the air, <clears throat> and I'm struggling. But um, God is good wherever we are. Whatever elevation we're at, he's there, and I'm praising him this morning for the privilege we have of being able to worship with you together as the church, the church of Jesus Christ. Well, I want to read some scripture to you. If you, uh, if you will listen to that, if you want to turn to it, it's Matthew chapter 9, and uh, beginning with verse 35. Matthew 9, 35. <clears throat> Jesus went through all the towns and villages. You know, I'm so glad, <laughs> I'm so glad that Jesus did not just go to the cities, the big metropolises, uh, the mega centers of the world. Jesus went to the towns and the villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. You know, that's, a, there's, that's right there is kind of the, <clears throat> that's kind of the DNA of the Church of the Nazarene, what Jesus did. You know, he went and, and went through all the towns and villages. He taught, he preached, and he healed. In the Church of the Nazarene, we've kind of built our theology around what Jesus did himself, and we love to preach the good news. We love to teach people about how wonderful the kingdom of God is and Jesus is. And we love compassionate ministries. We love to go out and all oh, the healing ministry of Jesus throughout the world. And that's what Jesus did. And that's what he asked us to do as well, following him. <clears throat> so he did those things. Uh, verse 36, when he, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Have you ever seen any harassed or helpless people in the world today? Oh, my word. They're all around us. Like sheep without a shepherd. Then he, then Jesus, said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You know, if Jesus had stopped right there, <clears throat> it'd be kind of a downer almost. You know, great, great harvest, but not enough workers. What are we going to do? But Jesus didn't stop there. He went on to say these words, Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I love the positive note and message of Jesus. <clears throat> There's something we can do in our world. There's a difference we can make in Colorado, in Michigan, in the United States, around the world, wherever we are. God is at work right now. You know, I love to, to uh, listen to the radio as I'm traveling around. And I, I love this words of this Christian song, God is on the move. I don't know if you've heard that song, but it's so appropriate for the world that we live in, that God is out there. He's moving. He's working. And we're just kind of running to catch up with all that God is doing ahead of us. And uh, we want to be faithful to what God is, has asked us to do. Well, Sandy and I have been missionaries forever, 100 and some years. And <clears throat> when we first went to Africa as missionaries, uh, we were serving down in South Africa, a little place called the Republic of Siskai, and uh, right at the very bottom on, on the map down there. But uh, one of the conferences that Sandy and I went to was a missionary, all the missionaries were gathered, and the regional director for Africa, Dr. R uh, Richard Zanner, 
asked all the missionaries to come, and he gave kind of a, a historical perspective of what the Church of the Nazarene has done around the world. And I don't know if you know, but the Church of the Nazarene is one of the very few evangelical churches in the world that has such an impact around the world that the rest of the world, all the other churches, look to our, you know, I might want to say little church, little denomination, because we have such an impact in the world, around the world as a denomination. So, so anyway, he was showing the history of how we had moved down through the, the continent of Africa, and uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. You know, Africa's a big place. And uh, he was giving the history. You know, we started in Swaziland and the Cape Verdes. And, and he, had this, uh, he had this map, and he was highlighting the different countries. And he started uh, with, the, with those two countries, and he began filling in the, the blanks, the different countries that were, were down there. And finally, when he, I don't know if you, can you see the map way in the back? Probably not. Um, let's see. Here, here's Dell. Somebody, we've got volunteers here. Um, this, this world here, is where the Church of the Nazarene, this is your church, okay, uh, scattered around the world, preaching the good news, as Jesus asked us to do, around the world. And so we were talking about Africa, all the places in Africa that we've been working in. And as he went on, and all the countries started to be filled in here where we've got work going on, there was one country that was left out. It was kind of in the dark. It was just kind of uh, 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 shadowed, uh, kind of a grayed-out country. And I kept looking at that country, and I thought, wow, doesn't the church in Nazarene have, have work over there? And, and finally, I, during a break, I went up to him and I said, Dr. Zander, I said, well, you know, why don't we have any work in that big island off there, the uh, country of Madagascar? He said, well, John, he says, we've got plans to go there, just like all the other countries around the world. But he says, we're not there yet. And he says, we're, our intention is to go there. We've got to find the right people, of course, and the right timing, God's timing to go there. And he said, would you join me in prayer that God would send the right people at the right time to go to Madagascar. I said, oh, you better believe it. I sure will. So I went back to my seat in the conference, and the conference went on. More stuff went on. And I just kept praying and praying. And the more I prayed, the more God was speaking to me, keep praying, focus on Madagascar. And so I did. And uh, by the time it came for supper time, I went back up to the regional director. I said, Dr. Zander, I said, I don't understand this, but I said, I think God's laying a burden for Madagascar on my heart. And he said, John, he said, uh, would you be willing to go? I said, well, if God wants me to go, if the church wants us to go, I, yes, I would. He said, I can't think of a better person to go than you and Sandy. And I thought, I was just kind of in shock. I said, you mean us? To go to Madagascar? I was just praying for the right people. And he said, yeah. He says, I think you should, you should go. He said, see me after the conference. So after the conference, we went and talked with him. You can put that down now. We went and talked um, with the regional director. And he said, uh, you know, we, we don't have work there. In fact, no Nazarene has ever gone to the country of Madagascar that we know of. So he said, we don't know a whole lot about that. But he said, you know, they, they speak French there, so you'll probably have to, to uh, move to France and uh, learn some French up there for a year. Then we'll send you back down to Madagascar. So we began to prepare. Uh, you know, it was a, a big, big shock <laughs> when I first mentioned that to Sandy. She was like... Uh, you know, and I, di I didn't want to say the country Madagascar to her because I didn't want to scare her off too much. So I just said, you know, I think God's been speaking to me about, about moving to a different place. And she says, oh, really? I said, yeah. I said, it's a, you know, we've not been there before. I said, well, where is it? I said, well, it's up to, it's the north of us, you know, where we're at right now. She says, well, where exactly is it? I said, well, it's, it's off in the water, you know, a little bit. She says, in the water? I said, she mean like an island? I said, yeah, it's an island. And she says, well, where, where is it? I said, well, it's a big island. And it's, you know, it's like the fourth largest island in the world. And she said, what? She said, what? which one is that? And I said, oh, it's Madagascar. And she says, Madagascar? I said, yeah. She says, well, who's there? 
I said, I don't know if anybody's there. There must be somebody there. But I said, uh, you know, if God wants us to go, I think, you know, we should pray about that. And, and uh, would you join me? And in, in, in what do you think about that? And she said, John, a long time ago, I settled that when I was a teenager. And I said that wherever God wants to use me in the world, I'm willing and ready to go there. So we began preparing for that. We went to France. We came back. We went to Madagascar. And <laughs> kind of a funny thing happened to us. We got to um, Madagascar. And we were all excited. Our girls were there. And uh, <coughs> we uh, started speaking our French. You know, we'd learned, just spent the whole year learning French. And uh, so we got there, started, and people were kind of looking at us kind of funny, you know. And we were waiting for them to respond to us. And we thought, maybe our accent's wrong or something. And we kept speaking more French to them, and, and nothing was happening. And finally, I, I said to somebody who was trying to speak to us, I said, you know, what's the problem? I said, is, our, is it our voices? Is it our accent? Is the words that we're using are the wrong words? He said, well, we don't speak French here. I said, you, you got to be kidding me. I said, I said, we just spent a whole year learning to speak French, and it about killed me to do it. And he said, he said, well, no, we don't. We speak Malagasy here. I thought, oh, my word, the church made a big mistake. <laughs> I thought, how in the world could that have happened? He says, well, he says, they speak French here, but it's, it's a business language. The government speaks it. The uh, businessmen speak it. But in our churches, in our homes, and we speak Malagasy here. I thought, oh, boy, i got to start all over again. And uh, so we had a tutor and began uh, learning Malagasy, completely different than, than French, not even close. And, uh, but we were, we were there. You know, you know sometimes God, God gets a hold of our lives when we are contented. Um, Sandy and I were contented where we were at in South Africa. Uh, you know, we thought things were going well. We were developing a church there. and uh, The whole district was moving along. We'd moved into new countries there that I was in charge of. And, uh, and sometimes God, when, when we're at that point of contentment, God just pricks us and says, you know, I want you to move out of your comfort zone and into something else. And we didn't know what that was going to be when we got to Madagascar, but we, sh we soon, uh, sure found out uh, pretty soon because God led us to a ministry there with uh, street kids. You know, uh, Madagascar's got about 7,000 street kids there, and, and in that country, it's a big problem. Um, it's a superstition in, involved with it, it was all. But I want you to watch a, a, a short video that we have about that. We took the, we actually took the, the life of one of the actual street kids that we were working with, and we asked him to be our kind of our little actor and to show us what the kind of a life in the day of a, of a street kid is like, and then how the Church of the Nazarene has ministered to them. So let's watch that, and then I'll continue on. If we could bring, bring the house lights down, too, it might help. Imagine for a moment you were 10,000 miles from your home, on the other side of the globe on the southern hemisphere, about 300 miles to the east of Mozambique, Africa, out in the Indian Ocean. Let's not just imagine it. Let's go there, to the fourth largest island in the world, Madagascar. Shaped like a giant's left foot, this 1,000-mile-long island is home to over 13 million people who originally came by outrigger canoes from Malaysian and Indonesian islands. Scattered across this nation, you will find unique lifestyles, home, faces, and foods. 
Ranking among the 10 poorest nations in the world, this remote land harbors a major problem which remains largely unnoticed to most people. It is another early morning on the streets of Antananarivu. As the city awakens, a new day begins for the over 7,000 street children in Madagascar's capital city. These are children who do not have a permanent address, no place to call home. Their homes are the streets and the sidewalks of the city. They sleep in doorways, under bridges, and near garbage dumpsters, one of their main sources of food. The only roof over their heads, if anything, is nothing more than some cardboard or a piece of plastic found nearby. One such street kid is Naiv, a 10-year-old Malagasy boy. As the day dawns, Naiv gets up, ready to face the struggles of the next 18 hours. His day is occupied with survival. Other boys who might make him beg for money or participate in criminal activities. And hopelessness. Another day comes to an end. Naivu is glad he found a place of shelter for the night. When he goes to sleep, he does not know what tomorrow will hold, whether he is going to have enough to eat, or if his tattered shirt can be worn another day. If he just knew that he is a very special person, that God has a wonderful plan for his life, and that Jesus loves him so much that he died for him. God is using the Church of the Nazarene in Madagascar to reach out to street kids like Nive. With the help of Nazarene Compassionate Ministries International, we have been able to begin a program to care for the needs of the street children of Antananarivo. We began by asking Child Evangelism Fellowship to train a selected group of volunteers from the members of our church. We then sent 10 workers out into the streets of Antananarivo to find identify, and gain the trust of the first 100 children to become part of our new Nazarene Compassionate Ministries Center. And Nive is one of them. Don't you know 
At first, everything at the center is very new to him. Sitting at a table and having a spoon to eat were certainly not part of his daily life experience. And it might take just a little time until he is used to what seems so familiar to us. Thanks to many private donations from Nazarene individuals and districts around the world, the help of the Canadian Food Grains Bank, and the loving and caring commitment of our volunteer kitchen staff, we can give each child a cup of milk every morning and provide them with one of the most basic human needs each day, food. Over charcoal stoves, our Nazarene volunteers cook pots of rice along with vegetables and some meat. These simple yet wholesome meals will give the children one half of the recommended daily nutritional needs outlined by the World Health Organization. Often this meal is the only meal the children will have for the entire day. Now, for the first time in his life, Nive will get literacy training in the French and Malagasy language. He, like the other children, is being taught to read and to write. Mathematics and grammar. With this, we are able to give the children a solid foundation for a future streets. Nive and the other children will also be taught the basics of hygiene and how to properly care for themselves. Now the children at the center understand the importance of cleanliness and keep themselves clean daily. Nive is learning to share responsibilities with others, helping with the dishes, cleaning up at the end of the day. And of course, socialization skills. But most importantly, he will hear about and get to know Jesus. He will be taught the stories of the Bible, scripture verses, who Jesus is, and what he did for him. Every day, Nive sees the other children doing things he has never done before. He sees them learn and sing and pray. This is what Nive wants, and so one day, he too invited Jesus into his own heart so that he could turn his young life around. Most of the street children that come to the center have never been seen by a doctor or received any medications before. This has caused much untreated sickness among these kids, and it presented us with the opportunity to show them that Jesus cares in another very practical way. What we have noticed so far is the need is basically upon uh, uh, several uh, issues. First of all is high um, malnutrition. That's obvious. They, uh, all of them are mom, uh, have got 
nutritional needs, <laughs> absolutely. And furthermore, is uh, the second problem is I think the the those who are linked to the uh, hygiene, they have most of them have skin diseases that are due to germs, mycosis, and also parasites. They, th those children take their lunch here, but they uh, once once the course is finished, when they they go back to the streets at night and in the morning, and what they, the food they take is the same as what they have been taking before they got involved in the center. So that's why uh, they still are exposed to some diseases in uh, linked to the. Uh, lack of hygiene and foods in the foods they take. We recruited two Malik doctors who are members of our church to begin researching ways of providing basic medical care for the children. Thanks to donations of medical supplies from Nazarenes in North America and in partnership with Medicine Sans Frontieres, we have been able to provide immunizations for children, basic medical care, prescription services, and if needed, hospitalization for major illnesses. If we, uh, first of all, we feel the, the call, of course, from God to help the, the needy. That's a, it's, it's a concrete way for us to show that uh, um, what we can, uh, we're doing what we can do uh, for the, those who need our help, that's the first motivation for us. Because of this, our street children have become healthy and loved. Today, Nive is a new and happy person. He joyfully participates in the program. His fellow children at our center, that he once fought with on the streets over a small piece of food, have now become his friends. On Sundays, the Compassionate Ministry Street Center hosts the local Nazarene congregation because they don't have a building yet. Another congregation meets 10 minutes away in a nearby school. There also, we don't have a proper church building. But this does not keep our Nazarenes from praising God. They love to do it with music and song, for they are happy because of the new joy God gave in their hearts. Often the rooms are too small, and our people have to stand outside to hear the message of salvation and sanctification preached. The harvest is great indeed. Our church is still the only holiness denomination on the island. We are constantly looking for people who God has gifted, and we start training them as soon as they join the church. At the moment, Missionary Tom Nothstein is teaching Bible college courses to over 100 Malagasy leaders who will carry on with the Great Commission, showing the people the way to an all-loving and everlasting God. We believe that Nive is gifted, and as he gets older, he too might want to be trained to lead one of the many cell groups we have in Madagascar, reaching more and more people for Christ. But for now, this 10-year-old boy's life has been completely changed inside out. Every day, he wants to learn more about Jesus, the best friend he has ever met. 
Nive has found the forgiveness and the love and care that only Jesus can bring, and he wants to share it with others. Other street children like him, who have never heard that Jesus cares through loving Nazarenes, that Jesus gives hope, and that Jesus loves everybody on this great red island of Madagascar, the island that lies 10,000 miles away from your home, on the other side of the globe on the southern hemisphere, about 300 miles to the east of Mozambique, Africa, out in the Indian Ocean. Don't just imagine the harvest, become a part of it. to go to Madagascar, we had no idea what was going to be in store for us, what God blessed our lives with, and the friends that we have till this day, uh, what God is doing there. The church is growing. It's, it's uh, healthy. The Compassionate Ministries Center for the Street Kids is growing. We have, we're serving now about 500 kids every day uh, there, and they're being taught and, and uh, uh, medical needs. They've got a dentist now that is coming to help them. Uh, every day they're learning about Jesus, uh, they're singing, they're learning their schoolwork. Uh, you know, one, one of the interesting things we, that happened was <clears throat> our director of our, our school there sent her. She said, uh, she says, Pastor John, she says, I, I'm so intrigued. I want to know how our kids, the street kids, are doing in comparison with the rest of the country. You know, they, they have this kind of a testing, that uh, nationalized testing where every school they give the same test and all the kids have to go through the same things. And they kind of get ranked about how they're, how they're doing, which areas are doing better. <clears throat> she said, I'd, I'd like to have our street kids go through the same test. And I said, what a great idea. Let's, let's, uh, let's do it. Go ahead and, and make it happen. So she went to the government, and the government gave her all kinds of grief. They said, well, you know, we can't, we can't do that with street kids. You know, these kids are, are, uh, are just, they're not worth anything. I mean, they're, they're the, the off, <laughs> the, the, uh, what you, what you uh, throw away in society. And uh, <clears throat> they refused to have them give the test. Well, she was persistent. She asked and asked and asked, and we kept going back. And finally they said, okay, well, here you go. Here are the tests. Take them. Have your teachers give the tests out. So they did. They passed out the tests. The kids took them, and uh, the results came in, um, the government, and uh, they wouldn't give us the results. They wouldn't give uh, our director the results. She went back several times, and finally they said, well, they, they did pretty good. She said, well, well how good? Well, they did really good, but she, they said, well, we know why they did good. She said, what do you mean? She said, well, they cheated. Uh, she said, what do you mean? She said, well, the teachers gave them the answers, I'm sure. You know, and so the, the kids just wrote down the right answers. And she said, well, they did not. She says, I was there. There are teachers. We know what, what's going on. And he says, well, that's your word against us. You know, we, we can't accept that at all. These are street kids. They can't, they can't uh, learn. They can't do anything. And she says, I demand that you send your proctors from the government and administer the test themselves then. And so they, after many tries, they finally agreed to do that. And <clears throat> they shoot all the teachers out, and they brought all their staff in, and, and they're going up and down the aisles watching to make sure every child has their own paper, nobody's looking at, at their neighbors. And, and finally they collected them really quickly and, and, and left. And weeks went by, and no word from them. And uh, Therese kept going back, and she says, what's, what's the word? Well, we, we, you know, we just have to wait. 
And uh, finally, one day they said, well, we've, we do have the results. Well, how, how did they do? Well, they, they did okay. Well, well what's, what is okay? And how does that compare with, with the rest of the country? And he said, well, they, they did pretty good compared to the rest of the country. We said, well, how good did they do? He said, the guy said, well, they were actually the number one school in the whole country of Madagascar. <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> so here's these kids that are taught by teachers who were our Sunday school teachers. Uh, no, no professional training, but they were doing it because God had called them to do that, to go out and try to train and help these kids. And those kids have just blossomed. And now, I mean, this is now several... Many years have gone by, and these kids have graduated now. They're, they've gotten jobs. They're out in this community. Uh, they've got families. And uh, we've got a couple slides here. Let me just show you a few slides, and then we'll be done here. But <clears throat> these, are the, these are the kids. Um, uh, this is our center here, uh, built by a work and witness team, by the way. Um, and uh, there's Sandy and I mingling among the kids there. Let's go to the next slide. Uh, this is the kitchen staff preparing one of their meals there. Next slide. Here are some of the kids eating. Uh, they eat their meal right in their classroom. They love uh, rice. Rice is a huge thing in Madagascar. If you haven't had rice uh, throughout their morning breakfast, lunch, and supper, if you haven't had rice for those three meals, they say we haven't eaten yet uh, today. So they have to have rice. Uh, next slide. Uh, here's one of the classrooms. Um, I think this is a fourth grade uh, classroom. Next slide. Uh, here's their library. We tried to develop a library. We had to do it all of ourselves, uh, our own materials. We printed them and, and um, tried to put them together in booklets, um, designing a curriculum for them. Next slide. Uh, they, they have recess like uh, any other school. and uh, They don't have a lot, of, a lot of things to play with, a lot of equipment, but they, you know, instead of marbles, they play with, with uh, little pebbles on the ground. Next slide. And here's the staff. Um, the director is over on the right now. It's a new director. Um, oh, I wanted, to, wanted you to see the guy on the left, the, the blue shirt on the left. Um, so when we went to visit there, they said, uh, well, you know, you'll, you'll certainly recognize this guy. I said, you know, I, I don't think, well, you and Sandy know him. I said, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think I've ever seen him before. He said, oh, yes, you know him really, really well. I said, well, how, how is that? Well, he was one of the street kids when you started this whole ministry off years and years ago, and now he graduated from the, from the street kids program, and he went off and got an education, and he came back, and he says, God's placed in my heart a desire to try to train more street kids like I once was, and so now he's one of our, our he's, I think, our fifth grade um, uh, teacher of one of the classes, and they said he's also an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene, so he's pastoring a church as well as as teaching here at our school. So I just praise God. That gives great fulfillment, you know, when you see something like that happening with these kids on the street, and now, now this guy's a, a pastor and a teacher. But anyway, that's your church. That's the Church of the Nazarene right here in Woodland Park making a difference around the world because you're part of a whole denomination that's working diligently, faithfully. They're giving, living generously, giving generously on the T-shirts there uh, because God has put that in our hearts and now we want to do that, give that blessing to other people. So would you just give Jesus a hand? Because all the glory goes to him this morning. Amen. That is great. I'm going to invite our worship team uh, to come back. We're going to sing a song here in a bit. and got a couple more things we want to do. But thank you, John. Uh, 
I look at those pictures, watch those videos, hear about the, that ministry there in Madagascar, and I realize multiply that by thousands and thousands of compassionate ministry centers and churches in 160-plus countries around the world. And I'm so grateful to be a part of a church that has that kind of heart. And we're just one little denomination. Think of the other denominations and the other ministries that are making a difference in this world in Jesus' name. That's just exciting. It stirs me. One of the uh, things that we've been encouraged over the years to do in the Church of the Nazarene is to think globally, but act locally. Think globally. Never forget that there are 7 billion other people out there in the world and 200-plus countries on this planet. And we need to give and we need to pray, and occasionally we'll get the opportunity to go. But act locally. Remember that every single day, we're on mission. Every single day, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. And these days at Woodland Park, uh, we want to, we just want to make sure we're going out there to make a difference in Jesus' name for our neighbors, for the folks we work with, go to school with, play ball with. Got a little bit more to say about that after this song. Let's stand together. Perfect song, Lori. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, and in that moment of worship, when the call came, he said, here am I, send me. Uh, maybe God is stirring you to give, to go, to do something today. Maybe there's someone here that's being called to full-time Christian ministry. Maybe there's a missionary in the crowd today. As we sing this song together, let's let God speak to us and stir our hearts. Amen? Amen. Oh, my answer will be yes, because I love 
hands and feet, to lead someone by word or deed to Jesus. God, I pray that whatever you might be stirring in our hearts right now, that we'd follow your call, do what you say, follow your lead, Father. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for your love. God, give us a deeper love for you and for neighbor and for each other these days, Father. I pray your blessing on our friends from uh, Sparta, Michigan. God, uh, just give them a great week, Golden Bill. Protect them from harm. Give them safe travels back home. Bless that church, their pastor. 
Lord, I pray your blessing on this church here. Let God lead and guide us in these days ahead. Continue to stir us, fill us, guide us, and help us. Bring healing to us. And Lord, for all of that, we give you thanks for what you've already done and for all the ways you've blessed us. We pray that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now hold tight. I want five more minutes of your time. So I'm going to ask our uh, Michigan friends to kind of make their way over there. Kelly and some of our folks are going to tell you what to do. And if you're in this section right here, could you just move over and find a seat in these sections? And then everyone have a seat that's a regular part of WLC. I'm going to take just five more minutes, and then I'll let you go. Uh, Kelly, if we have, do we have some ushers that can be ready with extra uh, needs surveys there? In your Sunday morning um, handout today, there's a, a white folded over sheet of paper that's just a quick needs survey. Uh, one of the things that we're uh, trying to do these days is together discern where we might uh, serve each other within the body of Christ and where we may serve our neighbor out in the community. Uh, somebody has told me recently, feels like we've done a lot of these kinds of things and uh, maybe we haven't always been good with follow-through. I'll guarantee you we'll follow through with this information. I think uh, I said in that letter that you got this week, and by the way, if you didn't get that letter, there are extras back on that table as well. And ushers, there are also extra pens back there where you can help yourself to that for these surveys. Uh, churches all across the country are trying to come out of this uh, COVID time and these challenging years, and that includes us. So s surveys like this, questions that we ask at times that we have to meet together uh, are really helpful as we uh, try to plan ministries together in the days ahead. So if you just take uh, five minutes, mine doesn't even take you that long, to turn that survey, uh, fill that survey in, and then there's a basket on the uh, table in the sound booth, in front of the sound booth. Kelly's holding that up if you want to look back. Just put those completed surveys there, uh, and that would be a big help to us, okay? Uh, I'll be around if you have any questions, but I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, if you are just sick and tired of surveys, why well, you can, you can just lay that on your, on your seat and leave. I'm not going to hold a gun to your head and tell you have to do that, but it would be a big help to us. Okay. Uh, can we play a little music or something for a little bit? That would be nice. And then as you complete those surveys and put them in the basket, uh, don't rush off, stay around and greet each other, encourage each other. I've got room for a few more for lunch. If you're interested in being on that mission council, would love to have you come see me so we can plan for that. And then this section of our good Sparta, Michigan folks, uh, Kelly and your team, you can get those uh, folks to get those uh, seats around the tables and everything. We'll get set up for their lunch, and uh, that, that'll be it. Okay? Thank you so much. God bless you and the rest of your day here. <laughs>